Welcome to another episode of the Midweek Heat. We are back, man. It's your man Eddie Arnell, my man, Mr. J. Lou. What's up, Mr. J. Lou? What's going on, Ed? Glad to be back here. We've been we've been away for a minute, but glad to bring this heat back to these folks. Man, I know they've been asking, man. So we back. But tonight, <laughs> before before I go any further, we got a special, special, spe- I'm gonna say it one more time. Special guest, special guest, G Wit <laughs> from the Halftime Adjustments live show. You know, Halftime Adjustments is expanding this brand, uh, Mr. J. Lou. Yes, so sir. we had to bring my man on, Mr. G Wit from the live show on Facebook. If y'all hadn't checked it out, check it out, man. My man G Wit, something like he dropping that knowledge. G Wit, welcome to the Midweek Heat. What's happening, baby? What's happening? Let's get to it, man. Let's talk some football. NFL football, man. It's, it started last week and we're good to go. Let's, let's do it. That's right, man. We're going to talk some football. Let's we, do it. Y'all know how we do it on the midweek. We, we get straight to it. We tell you just like it is. And, and just glad to be back, man. It's been a oh, while. Yes. You know, Mr. me and Mr. J. Absolutely. had to take a little break. You know, we didn't get to talk about the Super Bowl that much. But Tampa Bay ends up winning the Super Bowl. Everybody knows I, that, right? The GOAT wins yeah, number seven, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Remember, uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain you had that one uh, in our last show, Ed. You picked Tampa Bay. I did. I was, I was still holding strong, but. I did. But, oh, and what did I say? Defense said, wins championships, defense right? Wins championships. Defense right, wins championships. Defense wins championships. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, Absolutely. And, 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 and you know, they got Kansas City got exposed in that game. So They did, yeah, man. Lot, the offensive yeah. line got going, exposed. Man. Patrick Mahomes, you know what? Patrick Mahomes got beat. I don't, up. Know, I don't think I've ever seen him get beat that line. <laughs> I've never seen him get beat that bad. Yeah. He it was it was rough. No. I, I don't I don't think I think you know I'm a betting man. I think the odds was like 10,000 to one with them not scoring a touchdown. And who would have ever thought that they wouldn't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> no, but you know, it, no, I was just gonna say the same thing, man. Yeah. I could, it, you couldn't believe it. I mean, I mean, but not only did the offensive line get exposed, that defensive secondary got exposed too. They couldn't cover. Yeah, and you know, I didn't even uh, recognize that they had so many penalties during the season for holding, you know, passing interference until that game. Of course, they had to get the crew and throw some more P- DPIs in the crew in NFL. <laughs> and so, you know, things were stacked up against them. As, as me, me and Mr. J. Lou talked about during the year, the odds of Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl was already stacked. The deck was stacked. You know, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay hosting the Super Bowl, the GOAT going yep. for number seven. I mean, it was all stacked up for it. Was it was all it stacked. Was, it was <laughs> so nice and pretty with a bow on it, man. You couldn't yeah. get wrapped it any better. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, 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 and so let's, let's talk tonight, guys, because we're going to talk about the NFC, what they did as far as draft wise, the playoff teams, and did anybody close ground on Tampa Bay? So we'll start with Tampa Bay since they won the Super Bowl, giving their props, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they get better? Now, I will say this. You don't see this too often. This is the only team in recent memory that I can remember, and gee, which you can correct me if I'm wrong, that has brought back all 22 starters from the Super Bowl, defending, defending that Super Bowl. Since free agency has started, this is the first time ever. Normally, you got guys on the team that they automatically, they get they go get paid. Everybody goes get paid. This year, actually, uh, you used to see the pull of the goat, man. It, it, Tom Brady wanted everybody to come back, and you see everybody did what they had to do. Tampa Bay, as an organization, did what they had to do to bring everybody back. So now you don't see this, man. The only time you used to see this was back in the 70s when uh, before free agency when teams just kept the team together for years. Right now, uh-uh. Nah, this is unusual. In the years, in the time of free agency, you never see this. You know, I, I agree. Uh, I think I think uh, Brady M definitely said, let's run it back. Um, so they chose to, to run it back. And I agree with G Witt. It, it's the, the power of Tom, man. You know, he he went down there and they gave him the keys to it and said, hun, this yours. Tell us what you want. And and we talked about it. And you saw you saw some after that bye week, they came together. Cause I, I feel like it was a little, you know, it yep. was a little philosophy issues between <laughs> right. Tom and right. the head coach, uh, Bruce Arians. Uh, we had talked about Bruce Arians. He always leads the league in deep field passes and interceptions. And they cut that down and you see what happens. So Absolutely. I, I, think, I think they have a real good shot uh, to, to G Wiz point uh, of repeating when you bring back all 22 on both sides of the ball. 
all 22 starters, man. And the last one, of course, Antonio Brown they just recently signed. And so, you know, they go into the draft. <laughs> they really don't have any needs. Maybe an offensive lineman here or there. So, really, they're drafting for depth. And, and you saw that uh, in their draft picks. They go defense, yeah. uh, outside linebacker. Joe Tehran, 6'5", 262, big, big, big kid, <laughs> you know, runs a 4'6". And yeah, uh, they can play outside linebacker. You know, right now, you, you're looking at special teams for most of these draft picks on this, uh, doing this draft for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think. Yeah, I, absolutely. Because, like, like I said, one, one of the things about it, bringing them back, it, it reminds me of back in the day when, you know, Pittsburgh was running their gambit. They were year in and year out. They kept the steel curtain together all those years. And that's what the Tampa Bay is doing with their defense. So Todd Bowles is coming back. He's going to run the defense again. The only change right now you can see happening is that people know what they do. So offenses have become a lot more sophisticated than what they were back in the 70s when Pittsburgh was running their deal. So I think you'll see uh, a little bit more of a challenge for Tampa Bay. But, hey, they, they, they're coming back with everybody. They got a great shot at repeating. Uh, the biggest issue they're going to run into, health. Their health is going to be their biggest issue, injuries. You know, uh, Tom Brady is, is going to be a year older. How's he going to hold up? Because, you know, he gets rid of the ball well, but if he gets caught one time, you know, next thing you know, Kyle Trask is going to be your quarterback, and it, and it, and it won't be the same. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute now. Say, yeah. don't, wait a minute. <laughs> don't, don't give up on Blaine just yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree, man. We, uh, you know, that, I think that's a, that's a draft pick that was for some depth, uh, got some good speed. Uh, we talked about them bringing back all 22. Let's just say they brought back all 24 because yeah. you got Byron Leffers, offensive coordinator, and you right. got Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator, uh, who was just the victims of Absolutely. running so late in the playoffs. They didn't get no, they didn't get the shot to be head coaches. So you brought, you get a full another year off season with that team. And remember, they didn't start gelling to about week 11 or 12. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it, you, you heard the GOAT come out the other day and say he would trade two Super Bowls. Two. For, two for a perfect season. That's his – to me right there when I heard that, that was that Michael Jordan looking for any motivation going into the next season. That's the GOAT's motivation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, and I agree with uh, what G.W. said. The only thing that's uh, that could hold him back is health. Right. And so they had a lot of injuries, you know, start the season off or during the year, you know, 17 games. That's a big difference adding a game at the end of the season like that. You know, of course, they'll, they'll cut down the preseason. Absolutely. Some teams are going to do virtual, you know. And so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, a draft for Tampa Bay that was just much about getting depth, not really getting anything that's going to contribute right away. You know, you mentioned Kyle Trask. He's probably is he the future for Tampa Bay. Maybe we'll see. You know, he's a, he's a big guy, 6'5", 234, got some mobility, had, got a got questionable arm strength, but you see him, uh, you know, especially when they played against Alabama, Arkansas like that, he was able to throw the ball downfield. And so, uh, but we'll see, you know, Blaine Gabbard is there, like we mentioned, but we know how he is <laughs> when he comes in the game. So Blaine Gabbard. But Tampa Bay, man, you know, has anybody closed the gap is the question. 22 yeah, starters, 24 yeah. starters. Like you, Mr. J, that was a great point because, a lot of times, Super Bowl teams lose their coordinators, like you yeah. said. But they brought them back. They've got everybody back. And, you know, to be in the same system two years in a row, man, it's, it's going to be tough to beat those guys. So, yeah. number the, the the team behind them that they beat in the NFC Championship game, the Saints, you know, is battle of the old dude who's a quarterback. And so, uh, of course, they lost the NFC Championship. The biggest thing for the Saints, they lost Breezy. Who yeah. is going to take – the place of Drew Brees, you know, between Jameis or, or Taysom Hill, who starts their quarterback, right? So who starts the quarterback, Mr. J. Lou? <laughs> so, I mean, you paid Taysom Hill like he's the starter, right? but then you brought Jameis back for a one-year deal. I think, and we saw it in that divisional round game that they lost where Brees' arm was just dead. He was throwing ducks. Yeah. Jameis, yeah. Jameis comes in and gives you the deep field threat in the quarterback, and Tyson Hill, he's he's the gadget quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw when he was hurt a few times during the year, they couldn't really run the, the gadget plays. Um, and, I, and, and he was missing in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what you still see. Yeah. Um, but I think that Jameis being in a different system than he was with Bruce Arians we talked about, I don't think you'll see as much downfield taking shots, throwing picks. 
I think if you give Jameis the time to dink and dunk, use some of those tight ends and and, and uh, Michael Thomas, best receiver in the, in the league to me, use them. I think you'll see a different Jameis than you've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that the, the running game, we, we talked, I, I preached on here forever last year. Oh my, year did you really? Oh my. Son Peyton cost me my fantasy football <laughs> championships for how he was treating Calvin <laughs> So if you can, if they use that weapon in Camara, I think you can bring them along. But they're they're still not far off. I mean, that's who that that division is going to going to put two teams in the playoffs. It's just a matter of which one gets the wild card between the Bucks and the Saints. I mean, and it goes to show you though, like like we (laughs) preached the whole season that if you run Camara about twenty to twenty five times a game. You're going to, that's, that's going to get, I, I'm not going to say guarantee a victory, but it's going to get you close. Very and we close. Saw that. It proved, it <laughs> yeah. proved to be a factor uh, in those games. They lost down the stretch. We told, and we said it was going to cost them in the playoffs if they weren't going to let him touch that ball, but they ran into a, a Tampa Bay defense, man. That was just playing lights out. You just got to give him credit. That's, that's his bottom yeah, line. A- absolutely. But the problem you got though, man, if, the, if New Orleans can't run the ball effectively, they, they're going to have a lot of problems on offense. Uh, you know, Jameis, the question with him is always going to be, can he control the turnovers? I mean, that's his biggest problem. Can he control the turnover? He's a turnover machine. The first 30-30 man in, the, in NFL history. So, you know, you got to be careful about that. And I, I, like you said, Taysom Hill, he is the gadget man. I don't think he's necessarily your starter, but, you know, I think Jameis ends up being your starter because he can run the offense and he throws the ball better. But Taysom Hill, they definitely need him. But a lot of it's just going to depend on Sean Payton on how he runs that offense this year. And question is, do they have another running back besides Alvin Kamara? Do they have another one? Because one of the things that made them dangerous a few years ago was when they still had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, that two-headed monster. So that made them a lot more dangerous, and it took a lot of pressure off of Drew Brees. So if they can get another running back who can help Kamara out, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Jameis Winston having to make all these down the field throws. And it makes that uh, office a little bit more diversified. The main thing they got to worry about right now really is making sure that defense is going to be solid because they're going to be very important for uh, New Orleans this year in order for them to win some games until that office and get his foot up, feet on them. Because right now uh, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. And like I said, if they don't have a second running back besides uh, Alvin Kamara, it's going to be even tougher for them. Yeah, Latavius Murray was the backup last year, and he was the more the bruiser. But again, you have to let Kamara carry the rock. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, majority of the game, so they go the first three picks. They go defense. They finally pick up a, a quarterback in the fourth round. Ian Book, a quarterback from Notre Dame, mobile guy. You know, had a great record at Notre Dame, thirty and five, uh, winning quarterback. And uh, not to say he's the future, but you know, he's not bad. He's not bad. He's a good uh, a project that uh, Sean Payton can work on. You know, they go Peyton Turner, first-round defensive end. You know, they, he's the, the typical prototypical uh, defensive end that, you know, Sean Payton is used to that he played when he was under Bill Parcells, the long guys that can get out to the quarterback. And, mm-hmm. of course, they needed that depth because they lost Trey uh, Hendrickson, Malcolm Brown, and Sheldon Rankins in the offseason. So, you know, defense is the key for the Saints. They got to replace what they got. They got some guys that get a little older. Uh, Cameron Jordan, he's not getting any younger. They lost Janoris Jenkins in the secondary uh, yep. They got still got Marshawn uh, uh, Lattimore, Lattimore. Uh, drafted a cornerback uh, late in the draft. Uh, could possibly take the place or play opposite of, of Lattimore. And uh, they go Pete Warner. They expect. <laughs> go Pete Warner, linebacker on Ohio State in the second round, which was uh, you know a good a good uh, player, solid player for Ohio State. You know, <laughs> again they they love uh, uh, Ohio State players, and he fits the mold. He's see six three two thirty eight. First team, big, uh, first team all Big Ten, uh, average 6.3 tackles a game in a sack and two forced fumbles. So he could play right away. They're filling that, that role beside Demario Davis and, and give them some some good, solid play at the linebacker position. Absolutely, because they're going to be younger. They're trying to get a little bit younger on the defense as well. But Ian Book from Notre Dame is probably going to be the guy who's going to be the second gadget guy beside behind Taysom Hill because he, he runs that style of offense. So that's what they want to use him for. He may just have a better arm than Taysom Hill as far as throwing the ball downfield. So that gives them a few more options. So Sean Payton's got some weapons. The question is going to be for them, can they all come together and uh, make a challenge to Tampa Bay? So moving along, we've got to talk about the pack. The pack is, is, is the next team up to bat. So, of course, they get beat at home. 
on the frozen tundra Lambeau Field. Tampa Bay goes in on the road. You know, Tampa Bay did some unique stuff, man. They got on the road, went on the road, went out, and, you know, hosted the Super Bowl. But um, anyway, so the big controversy at Green Bay right now is Aaron Rodgers and if he wants to play on Lambeau or not. We know, we know they're going to keep him. They won't trade him unless they get something that is invaluable. And I keep hearing this one trade, and I'm not going to mention it today. We'll talk about it next show. No, don't mention but, it. Uh, but, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people giving him a flack about it. You know, what? what's the deal with Mr. J. Lou? What's the deal with A-Rod up there in Green Bay? So, so A-Rod, I, I, we called it last year. You saw his, his disappointment when they drafted Mr. Jordan. Yes. Uh, as, as, a, as a quarterback, actually went up in the draft to yes. get his replacement. That's and right. so A-Rod is living uh, deja vu. He's playing the role of Brett Favre now. Exactly. Jordan Love is playing the role of him. Uh, quiet as it's kept, I believe, and this is just me because June 1st is knocking around the door, I believe we see Peyton Manning 2.0 with Aaron Rodgers. I think that he lands in Denver. Because um, I, I, the thing about the Packers, and I think this is the unique situation about the Packers, usually when you have your franchise quarterback, you got a franchise owner who can go have that one-on-one conversation and try to mend their relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The Packers are publicly owned. They don't yeah. have that one owner just like that outside of the general. I mean, the general manager is not even that important. So when you got a spat like that and you don't have that one person at the top in control, to me, that's the Packers are running as an organization on what they think they'll do what's best for the Packers um, from that standpoint, running like a business. So I could see them trading them. It'd be the dumbest thing that they, the dumbest decision they ever done. Uh, but when you think about it, I, I look at the Packers organization as a whole. They had arguably in the last 25 years, and G. Witten, you correct me if I'm wrong, the last 25 years, they've had arguably two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and only got two Super Bowls to show for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're exactly right. So, I mean, they, 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 they're not giving him – Aaron Rodgers made the most out of everything. With I mean, he has one receiver, and that's it. Run game came on strong, but you're not giving him the weapons and you're wasting that talent. So I wouldn't be surprised if this marriage does end. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to take it to a different tack because – you know, I understand Aaron Rodgers, and you guys got to understand one thing about Aaron Rodgers, too. Aaron Rodgers is a bitter player. He's bitter. You got to understand that. And he's been bitter from the time he came into the league. Remember, he was the last one in the green room mm-hmm. uh, yeah. during the draft and everything. <laughs> and a Green Bay picked him at number 21 uh, overall. So, you know, he's bitter about that. And then you come into the league, you got to wait four years for Brett Favre, who wasn't showing him any kind of love the whole time he was there. So now Aaron Rodgers see see the pack move up to get Mr. Love, which is the opposite of what they did for him. And all of a sudden now, you know, they're not bringing in players. But here's the problem with Green Bay. And believe it, and I know no one wants to agree with me on this, but here's their biggest problem. It's not the offense. It's really not the offense. Their problem is defensively, they have not been able to make key stops when they need to make key stops. Well, I'm going to take it even a little step further. It's their secondary Secondary, that is bad. (laughs) Beyond Jair Jair Alexander, they have nobody else. Uh, Desmond King, he got toasted in the playoffs. Think about the years they've had Aaron Rodgers, man. It's either the secondary or it's the linebacker in the front seven that can't stop the run. Right. Think about it. Yep. That's the problem with Green Bay. Green Bay's problem has never been offense. That's reason one of the reasons why they never drafted wide receivers number one or anything like that, because they've always been good on offense. The problem they had, they can't stop anybody on defense who comes up against them. I mean, think about it. They go in the playoffs, they play against San Francisco two years in a row. What do they do? Colin Kaepernick ran all over it. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, set a quarterback rushing record. Exactly. Oh, he did. Exactly. He did. And so, so, so you start you start looking at that, and then last year, you know, who in the heck lets a man get deep behind you towards the end of the first half? Kevin King. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. So, that's what I'm saying. That's that's, that's defense one on one, man. You don't let nobody get behind you like that. Their problem, in all honesty, has always been their defense. You know, that's the biggest thing they got. And they never really addressed it. 
They've either had, they, it, like you said, it's either the front seven or the secondary, but it never comes together as a total defense. They've had flashes in the plan all the time. They just never had a solid defense. And that's the reason why they can't win. That's the reason why they don't have more than two Super Bowls, uh, Mr. J. Lou. Their defense always lets them down. You know, and Aaron Rodgers is always in a shootout. So they go, they go defense first pick with Eric Stokes. Now, Eric Stokes, he had an outstanding 40 uh, time. You know, he's a press corner, 6'1", 194. So maybe he's the guy to line up opposite of Jay Alexander, right? And uh, he uh, he yielded 45.9 on passer rating, which is 46% of the uh, percentage uh, against him. Uh, all the other Packers corners, they allowed 95.9% passer rating. So that just goes to tell you. So, Absolutely. so, so let me say this. Let me say this. As a, as a former defensive player, a lot, a lot of the coverage predicates on pass rush. If you got a good pass rush, your secondary is going to be a little bit better. Now, oh, yeah, absolutely. you don't have a pass rush, they're going to get exposed as exactly. Green Bay does. Now, they got Preston Smith, you know, and they got uh, 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 Kenny Clark on, on the defensive line. So they got some guys that can pressure the pocket, but they're just not doing it consistent enough. Now, maybe it's the scheme. You know, they ran a lot of uh, 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 five uh, defensive backs, six defensive backs. You know, I remember them playing, especially like, against a heavy run team like the Titans, and they had six defensive backs in the game. They slowed them down a little bit. You know, they tried that against uh, Tampa Bay. They got torched, like, to your point, G. How do you give up a, a, a Hail Mary, like, pass right before the half, and you playing deep quarters, which means yeah. you got over-the-top coverage, and you, really? <laughs> you don't, you don't let anybody deep. get past you. So, if they catch the ball in front of you, the half is over with you going into halftime. And so, if anything, these these players that are coming out of SEC this year, they play all, all SEC talent this year. And so, Eric Stokes could be a good pickup for the Packers. Uh, they did add to the offensive weaponry, weaponry, if I can say it that way. Amari Rodgers out of Clemson, great pick, yeah. slot guy, can run, he's tough, can break tackles. You know, they, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers will have fun with with him. And then, of course, they go uh, offensive line, defensive tackle, add another cornerback out of Appalachian State and a, and a linebacker from Boston College. But, you know, to your point, G, with only one receiver, not really adding a lot to the offense. And so if the offense don't carry the team, hopefully the defense can do something because not, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be disappointed again in the J. Lou. Man, they, they, oh, got yeah. already, they already got one of the best receivers in, in the league. The man is pretty much unstoppable. So, you know, they could – and they got a running game. They got they had a triple-headed monster last year, and now one of them's gone. So they just got two left. The problem, like I said, the problem with Green Bay mainly is their defense. They just can't stop people when they need to stop them. Right, right. And so as we go on, <clears throat> Seahawks next up to bat. So the Seattle Seahawks, very another interesting team. A lot of offense, a a uh, I'm gonna say an average defense. Uh, you know, you know, Mr. J. Lou last year we talked about their inability to get to the passer. And we saw what they did to address that. They brought in Carlos Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap was uh, uh, the game-changer game player of the yeah. week. We, yeah. The first week he played with the Seahawks, <laughs> and they signed him back, so they bring him back. But they also add uh, Robert Indici, but, you know, he's been out of the league for a couple of years, not going to really be a contributor, I would think. But uh, Pierre uh, Dizier, That's a waste of talent a, right there. a cornerback <laughs> that uh, played for the Colts. At Ald Alden Smith, another guy. That's a talent, but can't stay, stay out of trouble. So, do they get better? You know, do they close the hey, gap? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Alden Smith didn't he get didn't he get in trouble again before after they picked him up? That's what I said. I was getting to say that. So yeah, one week right after <laughs> right. he was arrested. That's so, what I thought. So, yeah. you know, they, so you can't even count him. <laughs> so to to me, they 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 signed some guys, but you just don't know Gerald Everett. He'll have the offense. He's a good tight. He's a, a a big tight end that can stretch the defense. Uh, you know, Russell wanted more. Did they get more, Mister J. Lou? Did they get more? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna say they got more. Uh, the, the tight end Everett would probably be the sneaky pickup for him. Uh, Russell and needed a tight end. Russell, he's got weapons. Offensive wise, he's got weapons on those receivers. I mean, you got the man, the man child beast in DK Metcalf and uh, Lockett on the other side of him. So having a tight end to kind of stretch it, it's the defense. I mean, that, that it's not the, the Legion of Boom no more. Um, and, and how and them trying to get back towards that. I mean, I know that there's rumor mills out there that uh, Richard, Richard Seymour Sermon might come home. Oh, yeah. Um, and you don't know how much he has left in the tank. Uh, but, but you might just need that veteran presence there. But 
I'm not going to say that they gave Russ more um, because I, I, I don't think he was, it was that far off. It's just, it's something that wasn't clicking. Like that team was one of those teams that we talked about on this show that one week they was a Super Bowl contender. The next week you're like, how are you going to make the playoffs? Right. They were just so inconsistent. <laughs> and and this, this remember, they're playing in a loaded NFC West. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. A loaded NFC West. So to me, Russell's going to rust. Let, we kept preaching it last year, Miss Ed, let Russ cook. So as long as they let <laughs> Russ cook, it'll be no problem. But I, I think uh, – I think if as long as Pete Carroll can get back to it to having that defense be Legion of Boom status, then they'll be they'll be good to go. The problem yeah. is the secondary, man. The secondary they have they have ten they have ten deep at cornerback on the depth chart, but nobody you know DJ Reed played pretty good last year. But other than that, you have you know they lost uh, uh, Griffin in free agency. He went to Jacksonville, and so you know that was probably your best corner you had last year, and. A Richard Sherman in you, and that's not going to help them out. He he's more of to me now as a zone guy. He's not a man. Yes, he's yeah, never yes. been a real man guy anyway. He's been that zone guy that could read. <clears throat> excuse me, that could read the zone and break off his 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 receiver and jump the route. And so you know they lost to the Rams at home. It was a brutal loss. You know Jared Goff played injured that game. You remember Mr. Jay Lou how he talks about that. <laughs> and man, you know they add they go. They didn't have a lot of picks. So second round, they, they picked up Dwayne Eskridge, which is a speedy receiver. Some people are comparing him to Tyreek Hill. He runs a 439, uh, 5'9", 190 pounds. He's 24 years old already. So how much time are you going to get out? Not, not to say that's old because it's not, but, you know, he's he's advanced in his age. <laughs> <I agree>. so, <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he, he did a lot of things in college, man. He averaged 19 yards a catch over five years. And so – Again, a guy that could do a lot. They can uh, put him in a slot. He can return kicks. He can do a lot of things. Another weapon for us, but you got DK and you got uh, – uh, uh, his name is, is really blowing my mind right now. Lockett. Uh, I think Lockett, yeah, Lockett. Lockett. Yeah, Lockett. Lockett, who's getting a little older. And so you add this guy to the mix along with Jared Everett. So they got an explosive offense. To me, the defense is the issue because they can't stop nobody. Mr. G. Witt. Well, well, look look at this. You know, you're saying Russell, Russell uh, talking about he want more. And, you know, like you said, you got to let Russell cook. The problem you got, Russell don't have time to cook. Right. That offensive line is a mess, man. And that's, they didn't do a good job addressing the offensive line. That's the problem. At all. That's so right. that's – and they didn't get more like Russell needed. It's good they got weapons on the outside, but Russell's going to be too busy scrambling around to hit all of them. So, right. you know, not only is the defense weak, but he doesn't have a good offensive line in front of him. He hasn't had one of them in a long time. And that's the problem they're running into. So he didn't get the more he wanted. Right. Yeah, they gave him weapons on the outside, but he didn't get that offensive line fixed, and that's going to be his biggest issue. He's going to be cooking all right. He's going to be running and cooking. And that's, that was his <laughs> biggest complaint is that he was taking too many hits. It's so yeah. they did not. They added Gabe Jackson, the free agent from the from the Las Vegas Raiders. But that was it. You know, that was it. Uh, and so Russ goes into the season with the same guys he had. No, no real changes to the offensive line. And, you know, I've, I've heard this rumor out there, too, that they might see an Aaron Rodgers-Russell Wilson uh, swap. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I don't think that'll happen. They added a tackle in the sixth round for depth. Uh, you know, if he plays this year, good. If not, then, you know, to me, it's a, it's a wasted pick because they didn't go in and invest in their franchise quarterback to keep I mean, and, and when you think about the division they play in, yes. you got to see J.J. Watt and the Cardinals twice. Ooh. You got to see a revamp Bosa in the 49ers defense twice. Yep. You get to see the arguably the MVP of the NFL every year, Aaron Donald in that defense twice. You're right. Russ is doing a lot of running. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the one thing you probably should address. That whole, that whole division is built on rushing the passer and you yep. did nothing and you got six games there against those opponents. And, you know, <laughs> just think about it. Just think about it. So, and we hadn't even talked about the Rams yet. And so they are supposedly got another cornerback that patterns his game after Jalen Ramsey. So now you give them two shutdown corners and you allow Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd to eat up front. Man, Not that they weren't <laughs> eating already. Right. They had the number one defense, you know, and they get uh, right. Well, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. I'm, we'll get to them in a minute. So let's, let's move on as we go along. 
the Washington football team. Now, this is one of my favorite teams, G. Witt, as we talked on the show, because their defense was so solid, and they had yeah. a young nucleus, you know, Chase Young and Sweat off the edges. Man, you had some fast, some young, big guys that could get out to the pass, that could cause turnovers. The question with the Washington football team was the quarterback. Absolutely. The quarterback. You know, you know, we – Alex Smith was a game changer <laughs> in week one yes. that we talked about. And, you know, he does some good things, but he's moved on. Uh, yeah, he's retired. And now, you know, you have uh, – uh, they brought in Fizz there Magic. Mr. J. Lou. That's Mr. J. Lou's man, Fizz Magic. <laughs> so this is, this is what I hate about Washington because I'm with you. The football team, they have a Super Bowl caliber defense. Defense. Absolutely. The problem I have with them not addressing quarterback needs, Fitzpatrick is going to get you six games. What are you going to do for the other 11? Because Fitzmagic, yeah. Fitzmagic, as the weather starts getting a little cooler, <laughs> it's going to disappear. Or, <laughs> or if the heat starts coming. Or if the heat starts coming. So, I mean, you're hoping, what you're hoping if you're Riverboat Ron is that this can be a throwback to your early Carolina days where your quarterback play can do just enough to manage the game. Right, absolutely. Your defense keeps you in 17, 13 games all season long because then you got a fighting chance. And, and, absolutely. and, I, and I, think that's the, I think that's the philosophy he's trying to use. Now, you did add some weapons uh, now that in the drafting fridge. They got Curtis Samuel, a, a mm-hmm. former Panther that mm-hmm. he got. Um, they got Adam Humphreys. He, you don't know about his health. Right. Uh, if, if he's healthy, that's another good slot pickup. So to me, and then you got the, the rookie that broke the second year player, uh, Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. uh, yeah. coming back. So he has some weapons and, and we know that we know that Fitz can spread it around, but I think this offense is built to manage the game. If you can get mm-hmm. a solid run game, defense get keep you in the game and get you short field position. He's hoping that we win. This is this is a team that I think is built to want to win eight or nine one possession games. And if, they, oh, yeah. and if you if you get nine of those games and you go seven and two of them, then you got a shot, especially in the NFC least. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 absolutely, Mr. J. Luke, because uh, the key for them is, that, is absolutely going to be that running game. They got a decent running back. That's the main thing they got going on for them right now. So if they can run the ball effectively, that's going to be the key to keeping that defense off the field and allowing, allowing Ryan Fitzmagic to manage the game. You know, you know, he doesn't have to go off the deep end or anything like that, but just let him manage the game because we all know fist magic can be can turn into <laughs> fist tragic tragic in a heartbeat. Yes. You know, he's just that way. You know, uh, and I think one of the things, and uh, I know we've talked about it offline and everything, but one of the things you you learn real quick is that when you have uh, fist Patrick on your team, you don't draft a young quarterback because he's going to get hurt. I don't know what it is about Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, it's been that way with every team he goes to. If you got a young quarterback who, who you plan on starting, he's going to get hurt before the season happens, and Fitzpatrick is going to be running the game. So, happens every time. So look out for this for this guy. So Jared Patterson. Jared Patterson, five foot seven running back out of Buffalo. Get familiar with that name because he did some dynamic things. He rushed for 400 yards in a game this past year. Uh, he had a thousand, over a thousand yards in six games, and was on pace to go over 2,000. So, you know, he's five foot seven hundred ninety-five pounds, but he runs like a big running back, powerful mm-hmm. style. And uh, and he, you know, Washington picks him up in the draft. And so, like you, like to your point, they got a good running game. They win defense in the draft. They pick up a good tackle out of Texas, Samuel Cosme. Uh, it, with them getting rid of Trent Williams a year ago, and, uh, and Morgan Lawrence is, is starting on the left side. This this guy can come in and start the right tackle week one. But again, the, the position of, of need for these guys is quarterback because right now, out the Fitzpatrick, you got uh, Taylor Henneke. He, he played pretty good last year. If you remember him from the playoffs against Tampa Bay, he he's mobile. He can throw the ball. He didn't throw the ball well yeah. against Tampa Bay, but you know he, he could be your future, right? And so uh, look, look for them, you know, especially next year. There's it's another big quarterback class coming out. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers yeah. is a free agent next year. You never know. There could be some guys they can trade up for and get. But look for those guys to uh, to be tough on defense again. They added William Jackson III, uh, the pair of a Kendall Fuller that gives them a good uh, pair of corners. And uh, the defense is already getting out the quarterback up front. So 
you know, Washington is going to be another team right there in that ugly, ugly, ugly NFC East division that turned out to be one of the better ones, though, Mr. Jelly, even though the records didn't indicate they were that good. It Dallas, turned out to be one Dallas of the best stretch ones. <laughs> that was the most competitive division by far. Uh, and, and you, when you look at the division, I know you expected to bounce back this year. Um, but each team, I think, in there has an idea. That's the thing about the NFC East. You have no clear-cut winner. Uh, each team no. has its no. flaws. Uh, if I had to be, if I had to go out on a limb right now, I'd say I, I like Danny Dimes and that team just a slight better. But any any on any given Sunday, anyone knows teams. Who, who knows what you're gonna get from the NFC East? Yeah, right. exactly. Because exactly. that's the biggest issue. I mean, you know, it, last year, yeah, they were the most competitive, but it was like nobody wanted to win it. <laughs> so you know, it was like you know somebody's got to win. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, really the team that probably sticks out to me more than anybody else, who's probably more ready. Uh, I would say the challenge the Washington football team would be the uh, the New York Giants. Uh, to me, that team is uh, they they did a good job in the draft, adding some players and everything. And I think uh, overall, what you might see is some improvement. I mean, it's got to be because Daniel Jones is is, is on the cusp right now whether he's going to be there or whether they're going to get rid of them. So um, I think they, they're going to be the biggest challenge. And Philadelphia didn't do a bad job either. They didn't do a bad job at all. <clears throat> so as we go on, we talk, now we're up to the, the Los Angeles Rams. And so the Rams, because they had a pretty good run, had a number one defense in the NFL last year. Uh, as we mentioned, they beat the Seahawks in the, uh, in the divisional round, uh, uh, wild card round, lost to, lost to the Packers in the next round. Biggest offseason moves for them. Of course, they traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, you know, he's a, a quarterback that uh, tends to stay injured a lot. You know, he didn't have a lot to work with as far as the offensive line. Had some decent talent in Detroit, but not a whole bunch. And so he goes to a team that's really uh, offensive-minded with Sean McVay. And uh, uh, they got they added Deshaun Watson to give him a little bit more speed. You know, even though he's, you know, 10, 11, 12 years in the league, he still can run pretty good. And they added Raheem Morris to, uh, to that defense, which is already number one. So... Any step back is going to be a, 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 a fail, you know, with Raheem Morris, with those guys uh, that they have on their defensive side of the ball. Uh, but Mr. J. Lowe, pretty interesting because they went they went receiver with the first pick. And it goes back to something we talked about during the season is that the Rams didn't have anybody to stretch the defense. And so they go with Tutu Atwell out of Louisville. Now, he's a small guy. He's, he's, he's a 5'9", 155-pound guy, but he can run like lightning. And so, Mr. J. Lou, did they do enough to catch them Buccaneers? So, so it, let me preference this by saying this is probably <laughs> going to be an unpopular take on the Rams because I think they're everybody's sexy pick. I don't know how much of an upgrade it is from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford. Now, hear me out. I think Matt Stafford has a stronger arm. So, to your point about stretching the field, I think we will see the deep ball there. But I think a lot of Jared Goff's problem is the same thing that Stafford had. Neither one of them are mobile. You saw when 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 Goff was hurt, uh, I think it was the game before the playoffs against the mm -hmm. Cardinals. Right. The backup they had was a little bit had a little bit mobility, mm -hmm. and that that fit the offense that McVay wanted to run. I've been watching uh, uh, Stafford for a while. I don't see him scrambling a lot. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not a mobile guy. So I think you upgraded from an arm strength standpoint, but I don't know how much you upgraded. So this, to me, this team, you're going to need Stafford to, to I think he's going to, he, he buys you the opportunity to take a couple of deep shots. Because I think if you keep taking those deep shots, you, you you loosen up the defense a little bit. And let's not forget, they got a sneaky good running back in Cam Akers. Um, so if you if you run the ball, the defense, this is one of those teams where you just want the defense. You if you're the defense, you tell the offense, don't put us in positions where we're going to, where we're going to struggle. What do you think, Mr. G. Witt? Absolutely, man. And and here's here's my thing on it. You know, Jared Goff, yeah, he he just would not turn the ball loose. That was his problem. He just would not turn the ball loose. The advantage they're going to have with Matthew Stafford, he's the old gunslinger. The ball is coming out. That's the bottom line. That, and that's what Sean McVay is looking at, the ball getting out. Because right now, you, what you saw, and, and it took Troy Aikman to talk about him. And people got on Troy Aikman because he dogged him, but Troy Aikman was telling the truth. He's holding the ball too long. Let the ball go. And see, and that's the thing about Matthew Stafford. He's going to let that ball go. Sometimes he let it go to the wrong player, 
but he's going to let the ball go. <laughs> but the biggest key for them, man, is going to be can they run the ball? That offense has not been the same since Ty Gurley went down. And that's the problem they've been having for the past few years. Defense is still solid as always, but that offense has not been the same ever since Todd Gurley went down. Once but, Todd Gurley went down and when he left, that was it. Well, you got to look at it too, uh, G. They they hadn't really addressed that offensive line. You know, they got uh, no. Andrew Whitworth, and he's he's oh, he's a I'm not gonna say old. He is a veteran. You know, he he he's got a lot of years under his belt, and they really hadn't addressed that offensive line. Here's the other thing, the other question too. Uh, you know, as as how Sean McVay likes to run his offense, is Deshaun Jackson going to block? Is he going to block? Is Tutu Atwell going to block? Because, you know, no. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, they do a lot of blocking. You know, you look at that offense, there's a lot of motion, a lot of kickout blocks by the receivers, a lot of pulling, leading the running back uh, in that offense. And so, you know, you got to think about it. I know they want to get guys that stretch the field, but you got to get guys that are going to play in your system and do the things that you want them to do. And that's run block first in that scheme. And so to your point, you know, Jared Goff, yeah, he, he held the ball too long at times. He did Matthew Stafford. He can sling the ball around, but can they keep him upright? Can they keep him healthy? And can they give him a running game with Cam Akers and company to, to, you know, set up the pass because that's what they, they predicate on play action pass, just like Matt LaFleur at Green Bay. Same type yes. of system, play action pass, give you all the sexy motion and zig routes and, and, and whip routes and all that stuff, man, and, and try to get you sucked in and then come over the top. And so if they can keep Matthew Stafford healthy, they got a defense. They got a championship caliber defense. And uh, Not a doubt. And with the drafting of uh, Robert Rochelle, the cornerback I was talking about out of Central Arkansas, yeah. he says he palanced his game after Jalen Ramsey. Now, if he plays anything close to Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. Watch out. That's yeah. a that's yeah, a that's is gonna be <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean it's be dangerous, yeah. man. You gotta, I mean, you're talking about a def- you're talking about a defense that has arguably the best corner in the league that shuts down half the field, and then oh, not only are we shutting down half the field, but you're not getting the ball off a lot because Aaron Donald's taking on triple teams and pushing them in the backfield. So right. again, this yeah, it's team, unreal. This team has as long as Matthew Stafford, to your point, the gunslinger is not turn, throwing it to the wrong color jerseys, they're going to be in every game. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. so to round off the playoff teams, man, it's the Chicago Bears. You know, here we are, the Bears. You know, they they finally got over the Mitch Trubisky experiment and moved on from that. What a what a debacle and how that hurt that football team in the years after that, man, is really 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 sad. Uh, they, but you know, Mr. J. Lou, we oh, man, we talked about this that they they gave the Saints all they wanted in that playoff game. And if they had a quarterback, they would have beat them, in my opinion. Because, so I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, so I think what happened was, you know, uh, <laughs> Nagy and the general manager on life support, right. and they, they sitting there watching the draft and realized, wait a minute, Deshaun Watson 2.0 is falling to us. Right. Let's go, let's go mortgage let's the house go get and him. get it. Um, and I think that, that, that was the, the Hail Mary they needed, so to speak. Yeah to try to save them because I I think he's your day one starter. I know you said Andy Dalton is QB one when you signed him, but uh, I just, if, if that's me and I'm a lame duck coach and GM, I'm hitching my, I'm on hitching life my support. way to the field. Yeah, I'm on life support. I'm hitching the field. Got the oxygen I'm, mask going, baby. Got the whole thing. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm going with Justin Fields to, to take me to the promised land. And I think, I think Fields has a lot to prove because there was a lot of folks doubting just him. I mean, he's already had the stigma. Unfortunately, he has the stigma of how quarterbacks from Ohio State have done the last couple of years. But I just think there's something special about him. And I really think, I mean, you got a defense that's going to keep you in it. And I think Fields is going to bring a different dynamic that we've never seen, that we haven't seen on that Bears offense. You know, they don't give him credit. He outplayed Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. We with the, forget that he outplayed it with a punctured lung. I'm assuming well, he was yeah. he was hurt. So, he didn't get any credit for that. Six touchdown passes. Come on. And and anyway, I could I could guess another story, but I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone, man. And so, like you said, Justin Fields. You know, think about this too, guys. Think about this. They had an opportunity to get Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson before they got. Mr. Trubisky. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's true. So yes. they, trade, they, they, they traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. Yes, they traded up to number three. And so that, that, that nightmare is going to haunt them forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, but, uh, 
go ahead, did go a ahead. good job though because one of the things they did they they, they tried to address the offensive line as well because that offensive line was not that great last year either so right uh they they did address it through the draft so they're hoping these guys you know tevin jenkins and larry burrow come in and take over and actually help that offensive line get solid to where they can run the ball effectively keep the pressure off the quarterback and the Dolphins going to be the starter in training camp but i'm like you Chances are you're looking at another Russell Wilson situation when he first got the system Seattle training camp preseason. He's Justin Fields going to take over. He's going to be your starter game one. You can see that coming. And Andy Dalton can see it coming too. So all of that he's going to try to do, see how good of a teammate he's going to be. Is he going to really tutor him to help him get acclimated to the NFL game? But I guarantee you come day one in September, game one, Justin Fields is your starter. You know, they paying Andy Dalton $10 million, and I, I can't remember how much they paying uh, 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 Foles, but, oh, you yeah. know, they, they paying him a good penny, too. And so are they going to carry three quarterbacks on the roster? Well, that's that's the next question. Somebody might have to go. <laughs> but anyway, well, if anybody goes, it's going to be Foles, man. Yeah, that's true, because they just signed Dalton for $10 million. That'd be throwing $10 million away. And yeah. so, but but to your point though, I like I do like the second pick, Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State offensive tackle. I, I thought he was, uh, you know, probably one of the most physical tackles in the draft. He got a lot of ratings for that. Uh, a real nasty guy on the field. And so, what do you want for your rookie quarterback if he is day one starter? You want that blindside tackle to protect him. And then uh, they go absolutely. They, they go defense. They had a six round pick. And, you know, did they get better? They added some more folks. Another lineman, running back, receiver, defensive tackle. But it's the Bears, right? It's the Bears, which seem to always muck it up at the end of the season, and and you know some kind of way, some kind of way <laughs> they got they got some decent receivers, you know, uh, and so yeah, it's just it's just a matter of if if Nagy is going to be a good coach for this football team. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? They got talent, Khalil Mack, you know, those guys on defense, solid defense, one of the top five defenses every year, and uh, they just need the offense to go with it. David Montgomery running that football. And uh, that's going to be really important for uh, the the progress and, and maturity of Justin Fields as he uh, comes in week one. Scott, so I, I agree with both you guys. Week well, one. you know, Nagy's on a short leash this this coming oh, yeah. up season. And, though, and, so. and the GM. And so, the GM. so I can tell you right now, if if they start off the way the uh, the Texans started off last year, it's going to be the same result, baby. Uh-huh. It's going to be the same result. He's going to be gone by October. Well, I mean, fellas, so so. Th- those were the playoff teams from 2020. Now, did any of those teams close the gap on Tampa Bay, or is Tampa Bay heads and shoulders above those teams? Well, I, I, I start. I don't think any really closed the gap per se. Um, if I had to pick one of the playoff teams that I would think would get closer, I'd say the Rams. However, however, <laughs> I think that pending no health issues. Don't watch out for the previous defending NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers. That's true. They, That's true. About them up. they, they about played them. a lot of rookies, second year players last year because they had 50,000 injuries. And week I won. We won. Like, I mean, they went down. <laughs> it just started. It, that just way started it just started trickling. And even with Jimmy G having to, no, I'm sorry, it got Trey Lance. Um, and I think I think you see a situation there. I think San Francisco is. I think uh, he tries to replicate what Andy Reid did. Mm-hmm, and I, th- mm-hmm. I think you see. Uh, I think it was Alex Smith that played a year. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes took over. So I think you got the exact same situation there. And the 49ers were just in the Super Bowl a year ago. So yes. to me, that's my team. Every now and then, the NFL has what you you change three or four teams in the playoffs that they missed it the year before. That would be my team that I would say probably has closed closing the gap a little bit more on Tampa Bay because they I think they can get in any type of game with Tampa Bay. And, and you know, the th- go ahead. And the thing is with them, uh, the only difference with them is that they lost at DC. They uh, Robert Salad is, is now yes. the head coach of the New York Jets. So. That's going to be the difference. How they go, is their defensive scheme going to stay the same? The defensive play calling, how is that going to be? Because he had really good control of that defense and, and uh, had a really good feel for him. Uh, if they come back healthy, absolutely. They are one of the most talented defenses in the league. And think about it. You got to give them credit. Give San Francisco some credit from last season. 
in spite of all those injuries, they still were almost getting into the playoffs, man. Yes. yes. They were very close. So you got to look at them and say, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Mr. J. Lou. If anybody's closed the gap or can put a challenge to Tampa Bay, it would be the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I don't like it, but I mean, but that's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> so, you know, they, they asked some interesting players, uh, 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 Trey Sermon, a big running back of Ohio State to go along with Raheem Morset, Morset. And so, you know, they're going to run the football, especially if, if Trey Lance ends up being week one starter. I know they're saying Jimmy G is the man, but, you know, you go to training cap for a reason, and, uh, you know, they, they can come in and, and he'll be the week one starter. You know, George Kittle, he was hurt last year, uh, to your yes. point, Mr. J. Lou. He's back. And so this team's got a lot of talent, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. You know, both are coming off an ACL injury. You know, can he uh, get back to a level of play he was before he got hurt? D Ford uh, was mm-hmm. out. Uh, Javon Kinlaw. So a lot of guys in that defensive front, Fred Warner, linebacker. Uh, you know, uh, can they come back and play at the level that they were playing at before uh, <clears throat> before all the injuries? And the year they went to the Super Bowl and he lost to the Chiefs. That's the big question. Yeah. And, and, and this, team, this team is built to run the ball. So I, I, that sermon pick up in a draft, I like that was it. a very sneaky pick. Yeah, that was I, mean, I think they already went three deep last year because they had injuries at running back. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, this team is built to run 200 plus yards a game um, and really slow the game down and then just rely on their defense. So again, a young team, a year removed from the Super Bowl, great call out, G. You, you don't know how that defense is going to be called and what you'll see different missing your D coordinator. Um, but, I, but I just, I think I, you have to give kudos to uh, Shanahan and um, oh, who's the GM Lynch. 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 They've, done, yeah. they've done a phenomenal job mm-hmm. building this team and using the assets they have to really build a contender. Yeah, yeah. they really have. And, and that's the whole thing about them. And, and again, you know, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, I think Jimmy G is going to be the start of uh, game one. I don't, I don't see Trey Lance coming in there starting right away, but I think it's, I think it's going back to what you said earlier. It's going to be the situation that Andy Reid had in Kansas City. You know, when Patrick Mahomes got there and they had uh, Alex Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo will start the season, and he and he's probably going to play extremely well. I, I you know, Jimmy G, it, it, he has some faults, absolutely, but he plays pretty good football. So. He's going to be okay. I, you know, the question is going to be, can they win a championship with Jimmy G, which I don't think will happen. I think he's in the same boat as, as Alex Smith. He's just a guy that can get you through the regular season. But when it comes to playoff time and the, and the games get tight, if that defense isn't carrying them or they're not running the ball well and they have to throw, then they're going to have an issue. And because Jimmy G, I don't think can win games for him. I think he can manage games. I don't think he can win games for him. He's not that type of quarterback that's just going to win a game for you. Right. And they and they did bolster the offensive line. They took Aaron Banks out of Notre Dame as guard, a big versatile guard, big guy. You know, Notre Dame had a great offensive line in this past year and the offensive tackle, uh, uh, Jalen Moore uh, out of uh, Western Michigan. And so they did bolster the offensive line some. And again, like you said, I like the Trey Sermon pick because that tells me they're going to smash. They're going to play some smash mouth football. Uh, more said it'll be the more the, the guy that gets on the edge. He's got the speed. You know, Sermon can run between the tackles. And uh, and like you said, they go three deep at running back. And it, it, what's important to this football team is keeping Jimmy G healthy and that their defense uh, comes back to play. And so, you know, we talk about them. We talk about the Eagles. They Devontae Smith, uh, uh, Smith, they add the Heisman Trophy winner receiver out of Alabama. You know, they give Jalen Hurdle. So what, what's funny to me, and we'll talk more about this on the next show, is how all these quarterbacks from college are pairing up with their number one receivers <laughs> after this year's draft. And so very interesting. You know, Waddle and Tua and, and uh, Smith and, and uh, uh, Hurts. And so a lot uh, of – Don't about uh, uh, Chase and uh, yeah. Burrow. Chase yeah. and Burrow. Yeah. Chase and Burrow. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. very interesting. You know, it's going to be coming up this season. Did the Cowboys do anything to move? Uh, you know, uh, they paid all that money to Dak and Dak gets hurt. <laughs> And so now does that come back healthy? You know, it's a lot of questions out there with a lot of these teams. I like the New York Giants to keep pressing. Uh, they added the, I'm going to say, the uh, Percy Harvin 2.0 in the draft. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, they and they got Saquon coming back after ACL injury. How is that going to affect him and his quickness, his lateral movement? Uh, and that defense is already stout. They added a Dory Jackson as a, as a cornerback. And so you got a, a defense that can get after the quarterback. They was one of the top five uh, for the longest. 
and uh, you know Minnesota, they they did okay in the draft. They drafted a quarterback too as well. So you know that's kind of a funny pick for me. But uh, you know a lot of teams in the NFC is gonna be pushing, man. And I'm telling you, the one team we hadn't talked about, Mr. Jalen, I can't believe you hadn't brought him up. I'm pretty sure he's gonna say it because I know this is your boys, the Arizona Cardinals. Man, yeah, the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. No. I jinxed him, so I I, I gave him the, the curse last year. You because did. Because they were riding hot. I talked about him. We fell off. But that is my sneaky pick team this year because you get you get JJ Watt, who I think still has enough in the tank. Uh, and yeah. everybody everybody who wants to go retire wants to go play in Arizona. It's good weather out there anyway. So absolutely, you absolutely. Get, you get him. Malcolm Butler, if you if you get anything remotely close to what the Titans had from Malcolm Butler, that's that's a good addition. And then AJ Green, as quiet as it's kept, he really will help open up the field for D Hop. Um, and I think you get Kyler Murray another year under his belt. They added arguably one of the best linebackers in the in the draft in, in Collins from Tulsa. Yes. I, I, I really think again, the thing I kept saying about this team over and over, because you're right, Ed, that was that's that's my team. I kept <laughs> saying I think they were just too young. Did they did they did they yeah, I, did they have enough veteran presence? And I think I think the getting kicked in the mouth and losing out in the playoffs like they did, I think that'll sting with them. And I think you see this team might get on the road next year and watch out. Right. Well, the thing about it is, like you said, adding J.J. Watt was a big key for them because, again, they just they already had a guy that on the other side that could do get get sacks. Chandler well. Jones. Yeah, exactly. So you're talking about a team that's actually on the on the cusp, really, of being one of those perennial playoff teams that can actually make some noise if they get on the roll offensively. They could actually do some damage. The question is going to be with them, as it is with a lot of young teams, can they run the football? They go. Right. They can throw the ball all day long, mm-hmm. and 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 Calamari has already proven that he can put the ball out there and put it out on a dime. D. Hop had one of his better seasons that he's had in a long time, and he, you know, he still's got has a chip on his shoulder for what happened in Houston. So, and you got to you got to give them the credit. They, Arizona's going to be there, man. They're going to they're going to make some noise without a doubt. Uh, you mentioned Dallas area. I just don't see Dallas doing enough. One of the biggest problems Dallas has is just that defense was just not good. And I don't think they did enough in the draft to address the problems that they have on defense. Plus, the offensive line is getting weaker. And it, and Ezekiel Elliott is not the Ezekiel Elliott of his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So I just don't see Dallas doing a whole lot of, of anything with that. Um, I don't have a sneaky pick out of the NFC, in all honesty. Um I think Minnesota actually did a good job in drafting Kevin Mond out of Texas A&M. Uh, during the last year, that contract they had with Kirk Cousins, so they got to get ready for the future. And let's be real about it. You know, Robert Griffin III said it better than anybody. Ever since they had Kirk Cousins as quarterback, they've been 8-8, eight and 8-7. Eight, eight and seven. <laughs> They hadn't really done a whole lot. So I think with, uh, with Kevin Mond, if he comes in there, and the thing you like about Kevin Mond is that he's a worker. He's a worker. He improved every year he was at Texas A&M. So he comes in, he works hard, he learns the game, he improves. I think you're going, they're going to have a good, solid quarterback for the next few years is what they're looking at with him. So I think that was a good pickup for them, uh, especially with Kirk Cousins being in his last season. So the question is going to be, is Kirk Cousins going to help him or not? But they already got a good running back. They already got a good receiver in Justin Jefferson. So, hey, uh, Minnesota might do something, man. If that defense comes back better than what it was last year, Minnesota might be the team you need to look out for. Yeah, and they uh, they couldn't they couldn't uh, stop a, a a middle school team last year on defense. And <laughs> no, so, not at so, all. And so maybe you know maybe they come back. You know, uh, Zimmerman is a defensive coach, defensive minded coach, and, and and so you know they'll be improving on that side of the ball. Uh, one more thing about the, the the cards, but you know they they picked up James Conner in free agency. You know, he's a pretty solid running back uh, from the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already mentioned J.J. Watt. Chandler Jones got him a pair. The thing for me, though, is that secondary. So outside of Malcolm Butler, you got Robert Alford on the other side. What else are they going to do in the secondary? That, that's what got them beat last year is their secondary. And then to your point, Mr. J. Lou, the young head coach, not coaching to win the game, but coaching to stay in the game. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, you. This is, I think with the secondary, you're hoping that, is it Buda Baker? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Safety comes through, and then 
you, I, I'm curious to see because they have they have a dy- dynamic player on that side of the ball in Mr. Simmons. Yes, uh, you can play him at linebacker. You can play him at safety. So what yeah. do you do with him? Um, and I, I think that I think to your point, I think they built the team where if they can get the pass rush, it can help the corners just a little bit more. Because you're right, I think that corner is probably the weakest link on the defense. But what can you do with those three pieces in Simmons and, and Buda Baker uh, to really help disguise some of that? Yeah, and, and and Zayvon Collins, even to that point, like you mentioned, and uh, Vance Johnson is a he's he's good at disguising his defense. He played a lot of aggressive man coverage last year, and they got him beat for the most part. And so uh, I don't think he'll stop playing that way. So he's gonna have to get some guys. And, you know, he, he'll get he'll get some decent play out of Malcolm Butler. You know, I don't know if it'll be to the level he played at uh, this past season, but uh, he'll get he'll get his money's worth out of him for for what it's worth. Because uh, uh, the pass rush the pass rush is gonna be a lot better. Again, yeah. I go back to what I just said a few minutes ago. If your pass rush is A plus, your secondary, even if it's a C minus, it's gonna play like a B. Oh yeah, like, man, Absolutely. you got one of the best secondary. No, it's the pass rush because the quarterback, yeah. the quarterback <laughs> don't have time to throw the football. And so, so guys, thank y'all for tuning tuning in for another episode of the midweek heat. Mr. J. Lou, Mr. G. Witt joining us tonight. Man, Absolutely. looking at the NFC, man. The cards. I, I I like that pick though, Mr. J. Lou. That they just to me, they've added a lot. They they got a young football team. And look out for them, man. You know, that that NFC West was a tough division, you know, with the Rams and the Seahawks sitting there battling down to uh, week 16 for that yeah. for that to actually play out. Uh I look for them to make a move. And I and I agree Minnesota might be another team that makes a move in the, in the NFC North. Uh the East though is up for grabs, but I'm still gonna lean to the Washington football team. Uh, the only reason I won't give it to them outright is because their quarterback play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do yeah. like the Giants to to win that division though between them and the football team, and uh, and the South, of course, I, I got to give it to Tampa Bay because yeah. uh, number one, you got a second year coach in, in Carolina. Uh, I know we didn't talk about them, but you got a second year coach in Carolina. And you got Sam Darnold at quarterback. You know, you say what you will about. Oh, 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 oh. Aha! Uh-huh. We forgot a team. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I forgot a team. Watch out. For the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. How could we forget about Ar- Arthur Smith? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go ahead. Arthur Smith loves him some tight ends. Yes, he's he got does. arguably the best yeah. weapon. Matty Ice is good enough to win you a few games, and if they keep Julio, but I'm not even talking about that side of the ball. No, you're not. You brought, you brought the man, Dean, out of retirement to come run your defense. <laughs> to me, to me, that I'm not saying they get the division because I still think that the Bucs are top-notch. But when you start looking at us putting seven teams in the playoffs now, that's a team that can be battling for a wild-card position. The only thing you hope is that the Falcons don't Falcon. So, so, so go yeah. back to your point. Go back to what we were talking about last year as the season went down. What was happening on that side of the ball? They were balling. balling. They were balling. Now, yes. they had Raheem Morris. Now, let's, let's give them credit what credit is due. Uh-huh. They had Raheem Morris. Uh, but, again, the defense plays solid down the stretch. Solid. <laughs> and, but the question you're going to be with Atlanta, though, and even with that defense, the problem they have in that defense is absolutely the secondary. Their secondary is soft. Agreed. And you got to remember, Atlanta was winning a lot of games last year and was losing them in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the Falcons are going Falcon. <laughs> yeah, they were losing them in the fourth quarter. I mean, they, I, I think are, they this, is, games in the fourth quarter. Isn't this the team that lost on a uh, onside kick that just rolled right past to the, the Cowboys? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, man. That's that's coaching malpractice right there. You know, and it's, it's, that's the only thing. I, I think Arthur Smith is probably going to do a good job down there. I think they'll be competitive, but I think they're about a year away from actually doing anything. Uh, it's just a big turnaround, but you never know. That's the good thing about the NFL. You never know. Sometimes a coaching change is all you need. Offense wasn't really their problem. Defense was their problem. Their defense just couldn't hold up for 60 minutes. That's the problem. They will be winning the game in the first three quarters and losing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and so, so that to me, that's I, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm push back a little bit because I, I don't fine. understand. I don't understand because so so you had uh, Quinn, right? Was it was the Quinn was the defensive yeah. coordinator, yeah, the head was. coach? Yeah, no, defensive yeah. minded coach. You switch coaches and the defense plays better. 
Now, was it the coaching? Was it the players reacting to the coaching? Or was it the scheme? Oh, so or did, so Quinn, Quinn was the head coach, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So is, is Quinn, and I, and I think we just talked about this a few minutes ago with Minnesota. I think what you see in the NFL here recently on some of these defensive-minded gurus who are becoming head coaches is that they can't keep their hands out of the defensive room. Allow the person that you hired to be the defensive <laughs> coordinator be defensive oh. coordinator. I think, I, think, I think we saw that with Zimmerman because that defense took a step back and he's a defensive-minded coach. Yep. We just talked about it in Atlanta. as a team, a few teams in the AFC is the exact same way. So you're hoping that because to your point, that defense, they started playing a lot better near the end when Raheem Morris was auditioning mm-hmm. for the head coaching role. Do you? I, that's where I think you get – Dean Pease is going to get you three wins. Easy, yeah. three, three games yeah. they lost last year, Dean Pease will get you those three. Oh, yeah, yeah. they'll win. Yeah, so it's just what more can they do? Because I'm with you, Jagor, but they might be about a year away. But I think when you start talking about adding seven teams and you go across it – I. Some of it, one division is only going to get one team in, and that the one division I think would only get one team in would probably be the North because I'm still just not the North to me. I think Green Bay's still ahead, and everybody else is trying to play catch up. Detroit will be terrible. Um, but oh, I yeah. think the rest and, and the NFC East, I think the NFC East, um, so so I, that's why I say when you add in that extra, I, I love the extra playoff team. Um, I think it makes for competitive. It, it makes the last. We'll see how this week seventeen goes because Jeff Fisher couldn't play in this week seventeen because he can't go eight eight. <laughs> right. um, so, right. so right. I'm curious to see how this how this works uh, out. But I think adding that extra wild card will make somebody so much more competitive football near the end of the season. Yeah, you know I don't disagree. You know I I, I will say this though. As as far as Atlanta goes, man, yeah, I think they can. But I think one of the things they ran into, and you found this happening a lot, uh, Dan Quinn, he came out of that Seattle Seahawks type of defense. And one of the things you notice about that, they were always light as far as weight was concerned. Yep. And and then and fast. And what happened is the all of a sudden the NFL changed. Everybody's trying to run the ball with power, and they're just getting worn out. And that's what happened with to me a lot of times with, with the Atlanta Falcons and with anybody else who came out of that defensive side. Dean Pease, you're right. His coaching style and everything, he's going to get the best out of those players. I get We, we know that's going to happen. But uh, I just don't think Atlanta's going to be there. But I agree with you there. There's only going to be one team coming out of the NFC East. Uh, there's probably going to be two out of the NFC North. I think Chicago will be back in it. The uh the NFC the NFC South and the NFC West is going to be the two the two competitive divisions in that conference and I don't and you know other than Tampa Bay and maybe uh, uh San Francisco or Seattle and the Rams I you know we're going to wait and see on that because I don't know if New Orleans is going to have enough to, to really challenge Tampa Bay in all honesty I really don't. Again, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Midweek Heat. It's your man, Eddie Arnell, my man, Mr. J. Lou, and our yes, special, sir. special, special, I'm going to say one more time, special guest, G. Witt from the NFL Halftime Adjustment live, live show on Sunday, 7 p.m. Check us out, man, on Facebook Live. Stream it. The show, follow the show, Halftime Adjustments, 7 p.m. live streaming show on Sundays on Facebook Live. Check it out. Uh, it's really good show. G. Witt is on there, man. He's dropping his knowledge about his uh, his hometown team. If you can see his background, it's uh, Tennessee Titan logo. So. Hey, 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 it doesn't change. It doesn't change. <laughs> so, hey, we'll be back, man. Another next on the next episode, we'll be talking about AFC playoff teams, draft picks. You know who did what? Is there any changes amongst the top? And you know, who to look out for in the 2021 season with the 17th game on the schedule. <laughs> Again, right. thank you for joining us for another episode of the Midweek Heat. Check us out next time. We are out of here. Peace. Peace. Peace.